0: Beep. <speak>
1: Do you like that? Oh, Yeah. Like that new intro. Don't touch my buttons. <laughs> I <know>. Goodness <laughs> sake. Okay. Hello, Phil. <laughs> Come in. bienvenue. Kanichiwa. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again. Episode 189 Ooh. on Sunday, the 20th of June. Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Fathers. Happy, yes. And uh, tonight's special guest... Well, I'm Armish Phil. I'm Armish Brad. And I'm Armish Matt. And tonight's special guest is... Uh, an independent researcher and also an author, he's written a book called Master of Reality, Super Relativity, Hyphen, The Unified Field Theory. Mark Fiorentino, welcome to the show.
2: Hello, thank you for having me today.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. Mm. Um, where do we start? I mean, I was thinking maybe for people who aren't physicists, who don't know much about Einstein... Um, Who's that guy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, German, German guy. Austrian. Yeah, Austrian. Austrian.
3: Austrian. Is he Austrian?
1: Yeah, he, he came up Austrian. with some uh, important theories. Um, maybe you should sort of tell us a bit about what drew you to Einstein's work and sort of what, is, what are the sort of problems that have been left that you felt the need to investigate and uh, find your own explanations for?
2: Sure. Um, a lot of people have been asking that, and that's triggered uh, something in me to write a second book. Uh, the second book wouldn't have been worthy of writing had I not written this book. So it's really a prequel, and it's going to be about that question, how I got into this, my life story concerning this. And the only reason that I would write that kind of a book was because of what's in this book. What's in this book is vitally important and is, is huge. So how I got into it, well, basically as a child, uh, around 10 years old, I was going to catechism classes, and the, um, the nun that was teaching the class wanted us to find a saint born on our birthday, so I went home, I tried to find a saint born on my birthday, March 14th. And there was no Saint Born, and there was no internet, so there was, you know, not any searches I could do really at the time. Research was much more difficult in that day and age, 1965. (laughs) So I just asked my parents, they didn't know anything. Uh, And then I looked at the calendar, I saw Albert Einstein was born on my birthday. And that started it, Mm -hmm. because I went right to the Encyclopedia Britannica and started reading. And uh, I was very impressed by the man and his uh, work, especially the unified field theory, which then I believe I read an article, I believe it was actually by James Clerk Maxwell, but um, I'm going back a lot of years now. And I was surprised to see that in in the encyclopedia. Uh, But um, when I read about that theory, unified field theory, I thought that was the best idea that I've ever heard. And from that point on, I was just into science, all kinds of science, and especially physics and astrophysics, which then eventually got me into UFOs and studying how they work. I was, that was the main interest I had in reading UFO books. I wanted to know how anti-gravity worked. Wow because I figured they're an advanced species. They've already learned how to conquer the unified field theory, and anti-gravity had something to do with the unified field theory. And sure enough, it was correct. It was a correct assumption. So that's how I got into it. So so what is the unified field theory? Well, quite quite simply, in a in a single line, it's basically the Einstein version, not the uh, the quantum mechanics version, which is extremely complex, complicated, and nonsensical, but the Einstein version is, and basically what Maxwell and Lorenz and a lot of the other people were interested in, uh, is electromagnetism and gravity emerge as aspects of a single fundamental field. So the first question is probably popping in your head: is what is the fundamental field. Well, back in that day, it was called the ether. Mm. And what is the ether? The ether was basically they had to determine after a couple of centuries of debate, turns out to be a quasi-elastic solid. And so for the people who are wondering, well, what does that mean exactly? Well, quasi means if you stretch this thing, it snaps back when you remove the force that's causing to stretch or bend. Uh, elastic means it can be bent, and um, solid, this is a very important definition. In this case, it means something that is continuous, not something that is impenetrable. There's some material out there in outer space that is a continuous uh, material. It does not, It's not made up of parts. It is one continuous solid material.
1: So you, the unified in unified field theory is, is 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 looking at gravitational fields and electromagnetic fields. How do we make these things? How do these things interact? That's sort of the is that that's what Einstein was working on, was it?
2: Exactly, uh, the electromagnetic field in that time and gravity it just seemed to be. Um, in different worlds, they, they needed to be brought together. They needed to, You needed to find the cause of gravity. Electromagnetism was very well defined uh, by James Clerk Maxwell, one of your boys over there did a hell of a job. <laughs> Great scientist, one of my all-time favorites. And um, he's featured, along with Einstein and Michael Faraday, also was a guiding light. In in my work, Uh, Maxwell and Faraday made tremendous gains in the understanding of the ether and uh, pushing that uh, model forward. Um, So what I did was I deconstructed that sentence, electromagnetism and gravity, and I turned it back into three uh, primary forces, the electrostatic field, the magnetic field and the gravitational field. What these amount to, in reality, what they are is three different types of the bending of that continuous material, the ether. So then I worked forward from that and got and realized that electromagnetism really only comes about because the primary field, which is the electrostatic field, is nothing more than a vortex, a, um, a twist of space, a torsion. And because it is constructed in that way, it, it has a property, it develops a property, a very important property, which is the property of motion, it, it, uh, which I discovered, and I called this discovery the slip wave. And it's the cause of particle motion. And it's something that Einstein saw in his last days. He was looking for the cause of particle motion. I was able to work out that model, And that will be another research paper at some point I'll have to write, hopefully with the help of some physicists, because I think that can be resolved. But basically, the unified field theory is really all about the electrostatic field, the magnetic field that happens as a result of the electrostatic field, the charge, the Coulomb force in motion. Since it's a twist of space, when it moves like an electron now, When it moves, the space spins. It's a torsion field that develops as this thing is moving and twisting around the charge. That becomes the magnetic field. The magnetic field only happens when a charge moves. And that's the link between moving electrostatic charge and magnetic charge. And that's what James Clerk Maxwell clearly defined And his electromagnetism, so now we're already two-thirds of the way to solving the problem, thanks to Maxwell. Then it was left up to Einstein and Lorenz and some others to work out um, the final merging to gravity, which I did in my book, in which I spent quite a few chapters pounding away the evidence, determining that even gravity is is another bending of space. And the final field to be understood was how electromagnetic fields in motion, let's say um, quarks inside of the neutron and proton, create the gravitational field. And I'm just completing the paper now. That proves beyond a shadow of a doubt using equations that are almost 300 years old (laughs) that um, that's exactly how mass is created.
1: Right, that's what I was going to ask. So, as far as I understand from GCSE physics about twenty years ago, um, that yeah, gravity is is a relationship to mass, and that it's the the mass of or the density. I don't know if mass is even the right word.
2: You're very close. Yeah, uh, what I what I discovered is gravity is a contraction of space, and, and Einstein. Told people about it, but I don't know that they ever really caught on. They, from what I've read, they thought it was uh, not a particularly interesting pathway to follow. Although it was direct on, direct hit. He linked gravity to acceleration, which also Newton did. Another one of your boys over there. Yeah, bigger uh, cultist some as great well. Scientists have come out of England. I know. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. And uh, Newton discovered that acceleration has something to do with gravity as well, although it's not been highly, you know, talked about, publicized or whatever. But force equals mass times acceleration clearly suggests that somehow we can get a accelerate, uh, mass out of a force that accelerates. If you just do a little simple algebraic twist, you find that you can solve for mass using acceleration and force. Einstein kind of stumbled on the same thing with E equals mc squared, which if you solve for mass, you have an energy in motion. So clearly the link is motion. If you want to get gravity, you need to make electromagnetic particles move in an accelerated fashion. And that's the pathway I followed, thanks to Einstein who worked that out.
1: And I suppose we we don't notice it in our our corporeal forms that, that we have, but everything is in motion. You know, our solar, our entire solar system is in motion in yeah, the galaxy. Yes. Every atom in your body has electrons and whatnot moving. Every, nothing is static, is it?
2: You're absolutely right. And that's the key to solving this problem. It's all about motion. Like Einstein said, nothing happens unless something moves.
1: But you, you said um, you said it wasn't uh, just not m- uh, motion, but acceleration. Now, h- how does something continue to accelerate? Because by definition, as far as I can tell, accelerate means it's going faster and faster and faster. Otherwise, it's decelerating.
2: You're good thinking. Perfect question. Now we're going to answer that question clearly and leave no doubt that acceleration was the equivalence principle by Einstein was vitally important discovery. So I read, uh, you know, for many years I was searching for, you know, contraction, contraction and gravity, they're the same thing, but how does space force to contract? So here we will talk about that right now. In the book from Amir Dxl, God's Equation, he talks about Einstein's happiest thought. Einstein followed a line of reasoning that began with his happiest thought of his life. Still at the Swiss patent office, he conducted one of his famous thought experiments. Einstein imagined a circle spinning in space. The center of the circle did not move, but its circumference was moving quickly in a circular direction. Einstein compared what happens in several reference frames, a standard tool he used in developing the special theory of relativity. He concluded, underline this in your mind, he concluded using his special relativity that the boundary of the disk contracted as it spun. There was a force acting on the circle at the boundary, the centrifugal force, and its action was analogous to that of a gravitational force. But that same contraction that affected the outer circle left the diameter unchanged. Thus, Einstein concluded in a way that surprised even him. The ratio of the circle to the diameter was no longer pi. He deduced in the presence of a gravitational force or field, the geometry of space was non-Euclidean. What that means is it was bent. It was bent in a specific way. It was contracted. And where did he get the contraction idea from? Special relativity. When you accelerate any type of uh, charge or uh, mass, you um, it gains mass as more you accelerate and you have what Lorenz discovered was a contraction of length in the direction of motion. So that's what Einstein was focusing on, the contraction of length in the direction of motion. So you asked, how do you constantly accelerate? Circular motion is a type of acceleration. Most people don't realize that. They think about Uh, acceleration is, and when I get in my car and I hit the gas, I get pushed back. That's linear uh, accelerated motion. But when you go in a circle, an elliptical orbit, you have continuous accelerated motion. And that was the key. When that locked into my head, I said, holy crap. Now I know why it was his, he found the mechanical explanation for the creation of mass uh, gravity and what will eventually as i discovered in my book lead to the inertial explanation as well which has been a dark mystery for since newton you know how how, how does inertia work you know where does that come from it's from accelerated particles moving in a straight line direction the more, faster they move the more the contraction of the space and the more it contracts the more it kind of Uh, has a resistance to its acceleration, and that's exactly what we see when we do experiments. It confirms that. All I've done right now is just explain to you the mechanical explanation for how mass, gravity, and inertia work. It's through accelerated, continuous accelerated motion or straight-line accelerated motion. Both of those uh, create... Uh, an increase in mass and a contraction of length of that object.
1: A contraction of length. So it gets squashed. And, yeah. this, and, and this works and for...
2: Doesn't that make sense? If you contract something like that, it becomes denser. Right.
1: Yeah. So the mass, the relative mass is increased.
2: So the moving particle, which is a configuration of space, which is typically not always a twisted or torsional field, um, it, when it moves in that way, it not only uh, contracts, but it, since it's consubstantial with the space, which means it's made of the same thing, the space that it's made of shrinks in and around that, or contracts in and around that particle. So it the motion of those particles through space affects the space. It's an interaction between particles that are in motion, and the space that they're in motion inside of. So that's the key breakthrough, uh, whereas quantum mechanics was always about particle-to-particle interaction. According to Einstein and according to the theory of super relativity, it never was about that. It was always about a particle-to-space interaction. And the ether is, in fact, real and true, and we need to go back to that, back to the future.
1: So is, is the, uh, the implication of that, then, that a lot of these sort of tests or, or ideas are tested in a vacuum? Is the idea, then, that there is sort of, there's no such thing as a vacuum or empty you know, space?
2: There's a vacuum in the sense that it doesn't have any atmosphere. Right. But that doesn't mean there's nothing there. And, and that's a big debate. A lot of scientists, a lot of physicists, a lot of mathematicians really want to stick to the a vacuum is a complete void, empty of everything. Uh, yet there's a bunch of scientists that believe in one form of ether or another. The string theorists believe that the space is filled with these fields made of strings. And there's yeah. quantum mechanic theorists who believe that there's fields made of all these different, the electron field, the photon field that are just magically there and and electrons and photons are just, uh, you know, excitations of this field. All those are bad models. It's, It's not that complicated. All the particles, all of them are all electromagnetic. That means they're all transverse waves. And listen to this point. Transverse waves, according to Einstein, who I'm using as of proof, said this, transverse waves only occur in solids. So there's more evidence that space is a solid, a quasi-elastic solid, because all those particles are transverse waves, and that's what they occur in. So there's something out there. So the vacuum isn't really made of nothing. And if you examine that argument, the nothing argument, it doesn't make sense. And I can tell you why quite simply. If space were made of nothing, truly empty, it would not have properties. And space does have measurable properties. Thanks again to James Clerk Maxwell, uh, who discovered that space has two primary properties, uh, permittivity and permeability. And uh, he used those to, to, to discover that the speed of light had a specific number. And, and he came up with the equation C, the speed of light is equal to one over the square root of permittivity times permeability. If space was made of truly nothing, it couldn't have a, a measurable property of permeability or permittivity because nothing equals zero all the time. So, again, it makes no sense to make those claims. And that's a very common claim that exists in physics and astrophysics now. Uh, But there's a group that goes against that because there's many people that are saying that space is stretching. And it's stretching as it's expanding. And you can't stretch or expand something that does not exist. Nor... (laughs) Nor can you, um, a very simple equation solves this problem once and for, for all. Distance equals rate times time. If I go into outer space and I'm holding a meter stick, and I measure the speed of light going across that meter, it takes a specific finite amount of time to traverse that distance. If that distance was made of nothing, it would have a value of zero. And in that case, the speed of light would be infinitely fast. We never see that. Never. No, so there's only (laughs) one way to do that. So that means, again, clearly that space that we're measuring across is made of something, it has a density.
3: If, um, if space was, Mark, if space was completely empty, is it true to say that if something started accelerating in one direction, so linear acceleration? would it continue to accelerate for an infinite amount of time and, and therefore breach the cosmic speed limit, which is another one of Einstein's um, notions, and it will continue yeah. to accelerate yeah, no, forever?
2: No, you can't do that unless you get into the slip wave, which I talk about into, in my book. But if right. we're going to use a standard rocket and, and uh, test your theory, your model there, You cannot. As you accelerate further and further, it will take more and more energy, according to the special theory of relativity. The more you accelerate, the more energy is required to make you accelerate further. And as you approach the speed of light, the energy it takes to accelerate up to the speed of light becomes infinite. So it would take all the energy of the universe. And so that you'll have an inertial effect that it's saying, no, and the mass is too great. You can't accelerate anymore. Those—that's the special case of, of special relativity.
3: So, okay. So if, know, if space yeah. was empty, though, completely empty, which we're we're assuming it isn't because of this um, these properties right. that it has. If it was truly empty and a vacuum was absolutely empty, you could use a small amount of acceleration to produce continuous acceleration. Because there'd be nothing acting against whatever it is that's accelerating.
2: Okay, so you're thinking cleverly. You're thinking. first uh, time for everything. I need to. You need to break the speed of light, right? Mm. If you want to go to other planets, you just can't go at the speed of light. It's way too slow. Mm. So I, I said, you know, I'm thinking the same thing as you. I'm working that out. I says, wait a minute. I know aliens. I've worked out the math. There's no way they're they're using light speed or rockets or anything like that to get here they They got to go fast. not only do they have to go fast they got to go tens of thousands of times faster than the speed of light so yes you're right. You have to do something to space, mm. which is create a spatial bias drive, which I call a slip wave spatial bias drive, and when you get inside of this special field, which is simply a gradient magnetic field, you not only cancel gravity, you cancel inertia. You undo the Lorenz transformations that would inhibit you because what you do, because a magnetic field is a rotation. Now, if you take a little chunk of silly putty and you slap it down on a comic book and you twist it, look what happens to that silly putty as you twist it. It stretches. So what you want to do in order to break the light speed barrier is you have to stretch space, make it thinner, make it less dense. Uh And when you do that, what happens? Permeability and permittivity drop. And in order to go faster, you've got to change those numbers, which are thought to be universal constants. But if you drop a magnetic field into the equation, now you can stretch space. Those two will drop. Uh, The density of space will drop. Inertia will be canceled, and you can break the light speed barrier by any number you want. You can travel at the speed of a god. And that's what our alien friends are doing. Wow. <laughs> it's just that simple. And when you gradiate the field, saying one end is very strong in the front of the field, and the other end you have a really strong, much stronger coil and and, uh, electrical current going through it, you have a really intense field at the back of the spaceship. Now you have a velocity, which means a motion in a direction, and you can go in any direction, outer space you want, and you can go hellaciously fast. If you want, you can go infinitely fast, which I don't recommend. No, Um, you get lost. Yeah, I mean, I how do you
1: what? Well, what happens if you like overshoot where you're trying to get to, and you're going ten thousand times the speed of light?
3: We're uh, we're disregarding well, one major factor here as well, which is time and what happens to time. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, what's that? What's
1: the movie? Was it McDo-
4: not McDowell?
1: Matthew interstellar.
4: interstellar. Yeah, Interstellar wasn't it? He Aged, yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah. they talk about if you if you're traveling faster than the speed of light, you're you know, relative to where you've left, you're, what, you're, you're, you're going ahead in time, aren't time
3: you? Time is slower. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. so that must have some pretty big implications. That's been
3: measured even over really tiny distances, like a, a clock on a table and a clock on the floor here yeah, would, yeah, would yeah. operate a different... Because the clock on the table is further away from the, the centre of gravity field. from the Earth. Yeah, the gravitational field, of course.
2: Gravity slows time... Mm-hmm. Not, you see, time is a funny thing. It's not really real. No. <laughs> oh my God. What, <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark. what if you go, you go like, say you've got a
1: 10,000x speed of light drive. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what no happens? Problem. What happens if you go 50 light years in that direction, turn around and come
2: back? Have you gone I back in see? time? No. 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 <laughs> Damn it. No, no, no. that only works when you use rockets or some external force to push your ship along. Right. Then all of the things of special relativity are in play. Once you get into the side, the slip wave, which is a inverse hyperbolic field, it's an anti-gravity field. Once you're inside of this, you're disconnecting from the Lorenz transformations. They no longer apply because the thing that you're moving through has been altered. It's been thinned out. And so what happens when you get inside the slip wave, which is an anti-gravity field, the zero gravity field, whatever, time actually goes a little bit faster. So now you get, once you're in the slip wave, you're in absolute time that Newton used to talk about. Well, it turns out in this case, Newton was right. Uh, there is an absolute time flow. And that time flow, if you were to go into outer space and, you know, cancel all the motions of the Earth, of the solar system, of its rotation, Every and you were go to absolutely zero relative to all those motions, and you looked at your clock, it would be running faster than the clock on Earth. Very slightly, but it would be running faster. The same thing happens when you get inside the slip wave. So now time becomes absolute. So you're going 50,000 times the speed of light, which, if you're not in a slip wave, is extremely fatal. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to be. You need a you know, chap in oh front
3: I'm waving honest. a red flag to, to make sure
2: everyone gets out the way. The speed of light is incredibly dangerous. You better know what you're doing, and you better not have any uh, technical difficulties because <laughs> you won't have time to fix anything if you lose the slip wave. If you lose that field integrity at 50,000 times the speed of light, all the Lorentz contraction things kick in, the time dilation, all of it, and you turn into, if you're lucky, a little tiny black hole. So you need to maintain that um, field integrity the whole time you're traveling at or beyond the speed of light. So the time problem is not a problem either because you escape the time dilation issue because you're biasing the space. You're changing the rules for special relativity. So really, special relativity is a special case that needs to be, those equations need to be extended. And I will work with somebody to help them do that if they acknowledge my theory is correct I know how to solve that problem too but that's going to take some work but your your question is a good question uh, the beauty is and you need to travel if you're going to in, do interstellar travel it's not convenient for you to go out and back in let's say you know an hour travel to a far distant place at 50,000 times the speed of light and find that when you get back, 150 years has gone by on planet Earth. This is not practical. This is not a tolerable situation. Uh, and, and this this species of the human will, you know, we don't live 150 years. So we need to get where we're going in a hurry. That means if I got to go to Proxima Centauri, which is 4.2 light years away, I better be able to do it in 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know this sounds absurd, but uh, believe me, it's, it's very, possible, very doable.
3: Uh, a lot of science sounded absurd the first time it was uh, yeah. it was talked about. So, yeah, we've mentioned Bruno, Jud- Bruno a few times
1: yeah. over the last few weeks, haven't we? Yeah. Um, something you may- you've mentioned a couple of times is this Loret. What is it? The Lorenz something transformations. What What are they? I've not heard
2: that term before. they're a set of equations that. Einstein discovered, along with Lorenz, and there was another mathematician in your, what was his name, Paul, I don't want to say it correctly, it's French, Poincaré, (laughs) and these guys came up with this set of equations, which were based on ether theory, so these equations work out right, they test out beautifully, and all of them describe what happens to you when you move at this near the speed of light. Time dilation, time slows down. It's not time that's slowing down. Time can't be affected, it's not real. What's slowing down is the clocks that measure the time. That's it, it's just that simple. So the particles inside of the clocks can't move because all of their motion is being. Um, focused on the acceleration forward. So as they're spinning around, in, in this form, let's say we're looking at inside a neutron or a proton, we go to here. Oh, wow. The toroidal or the, this motion is a trefoil knot. That's what I predicted is the motion that's inside of both a neutron and proton. When you're moving at the speed of light and you're not in a slip wave, those things flatten out because they're spherical, will will flatten out and they'll slow down every time they try to move in the forward direction. Eventually, what you have is a non-functioning uh, system. You can't move. You won't be able to move forward. Your clocks won't be able to move. All of this is real. It's physical and it's mechanical. And uh, without shielding from the Lorentz transformations, um, we, can't, we can't break the light speed barrier. Right. We have time problems, as you mentioned. Uh, we have physical problems, uh, basically, and we can't generate enough energy to go fast enough to break the light speed barrier. But all of this is overcome when we use the slip wave, which I talk about in my book extensively.
3: Mark, isn't it incredibly dangerous? You you briefly mentioned that if a... uh, (laughs) Black hole. Yeah, you briefly mentioned that if one of these anti-gravity fields were to collapse, um, you know, (coughs) one of the best case scenarios would be a small black hole. Um, How, knowing as we are humans and what humans do, Wouldn't the first thing that someone would be thinking of, and I might be the first person to have thought of it, but I'm human, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll take that on the chin for us. But um, wouldn't the first, one of the first things we would think about was, would be to intentionally, how to intentionally collapse one of these fields and create some sort of weapon. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, there's always people who want to create weapons.
3: how would that and be prevented it could be, in this Oh, you know, it,
2: it could be a hellacious weapon because you could fire. Let's say you made a spaceship the size of a basketball mm-hmm. and you accelerated it to, the, to, let's say, just 10 times the speed of light. That's fine. And <laughs> you, shoot the, you shoot it at the sun. You, drop the, you get it up to 10 times the speed of light, and then without slowing it down, which is what you're supposed to do when you're, you're traveling in the slip wave, without slowing it down, you just cut the field off. Hmm. So now all of a sudden that basketball flattens into a pancake and then shrinks to a dot basically, and it has enormous mass, maybe more mass than the sun and the whole solar system altogether. I don't know because it will slow down this just slightly below the speed of light. And that thing will be making its way toward the sun, which has inside of it, something I'm going to announce here tonight on this show. Uh, the sun has a solid neutronium core. Right. This is going to eventually be proven. It's part of my cosmology theory about how the stars are formed. It's the only sensible explanation. So, Uh, What is going on inside of the sun, we have a neutronium sphere, which is nothing but solid neutrons packed together very tightly. That's what black holes are made of. They're just packed even tighter. So if you were to hit the sun square on with this, there would be a massive explosion. Uh, The sun would be gone. Uh, I don't know what what would be left, Uh, but it would end everything for everyone it's incredibly dangerous and that's yeah. just
3: one nut job with a basketball
2: i mean it's, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um i try not to think about weapons i try to think about practical uses and applications that will benefit humanity uh we, we may anybody would want to do that i don't know but um, ben you may have you may
1: have unintentionally solved Fermi's paradox though. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> the I reason know. why you know it's one of the arguments for the uh, people who, who don't believe in E.T. or aliens is they talk about Fermi's paradox and you know if there was aliens all over the galaxy they would be here and blah 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 and so that could be one argument in favour yeah
3: just tossing soon, basketballs around yeah as soon as, soon as, as, as you get a,
1: a, a basketball at light speed you end up destroying <laughs> yourself
3: hmm. <laughs>
1: Well, Do you know, um, it, it, it raises a good point, because technology like this, which is so dangerous, requires humanity to have a certain level of maturity.
2: Yeah, and which we don't we're,
1: have. We're nowhere near. We're nowhere near that.
2: Well, something must be right, because if we weren't ready for this, I wouldn't have come up for this. I believe in intelligent design. And nothing is accidental in this universe. Spiritually speaking, uh, physically speaking, uh, everything has a cause and an effect, and everything is by plan. Yes, we still have free will and choice, but we're executing plans. We call those plan execution our lives. Huh. And um, I wouldn't be here with this information now if we weren't ready and it wasn't necessary. That's the other problem that may be out there lingering that we don't know about
3: what if the plan then, may... is to is to three point to the sun and it's part of, that's part of the plan to destroy to maybe no
2: the, the... no it's never a plan to destroy that's where humans get involved with things that break uh that's part of being a human is to make mistakes that would be a big mistake <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know what. Nobody dies. Humans, all spirit beings, we're all eternal. Yeah, we could be wiped out. We would just go back to the other side from which we came from, and there would be a new planet created. It's probably already being formed. And at some point, we'll have to leave this planet. And that's one of the main motivations for this is that we never know when the end is coming. And it doesn't have to be by some mistake we do. It could be somebody out there pushes an asteroid at us and decides we need to not be around. We're a threat or whatever. And uh, all it needs is a you know, maybe a 10-mile-wide asteroid, hits the mantle, cracks it open, which we'll find that the Earth's core is extremely unstable already, won't survive that. Nobody will survive. It'll be a species-ending event. There will be not even bacteria left after that. So if that's always a threat. Well, no, oh, Keith the Richards way, might survive. <laughs> yeah, the only way to dodge that threat is not be there when it happens. Mm-hmm. And the way that has to happen is you need, we need to have faster than light space travel. We need to have interstellar starships. We need colonies somewhere else just in case something here goes wrong. So I'm pushing hard for anti-gravity and I'm going to continue to push hard for anti-gravity because I know it's real, I know it's true, and we need to get work on it. And and, and that way we need to do the experiments in my book about magnetism, prove that we can create an anti-gravity field, and then start learning how to build starships. Mark,
1: do you think one thing that strikes me, let's assume that we can get the practical side done. So like the anti-gravity drive, if you want to call I can't remember what term you used. So we can, we can use this to create this velocity. It seems to me that one of the main things you're going to need is an insane amount of com- computing power for navigation and whatnot. Do you think we're far off being able
2: to do uh, that? I think we, it's not so much the computing power. That's the problem. It's the sensing system, the sensory system that you're going faster than the speed of light. Radar isn't going to work. You're going to overtake the photons that you're trying to shoot out. <laughs> so oh. you have to kind of pre-map with a very smart um, computer system, very powerful. But we we've made some really Jim Dandy powerful computing systems, and what we're processing was you're going to have to have a star map like you have on your car. You have the map installed. You're gonna have to have a star map of the galaxy. And uh, you're gonna to have to have it all saved in 3D and you know relative positions of all the stars. And you're going to have to uh, know your position. And um, the best thing you could do is shoot a probe out ahead of you with radar, and uh, which I, is what I would recommend and then maybe be able to beam back from the probe that's moving ahead of you at the same speed information about is there anything out there, <laughs> did you hit anything, whatever, to, to avoid collisions. But fortunately, space is really, really empty. So as long as you exit the uh, solar system in the proper way, you don't go along the plane of the ecliptic, because that's where all the st- all the planets are, all the asteroids you yeah, want to go. straight up. This is the plane of the ecliptic here, where all the planets are going around the sun. You want to go straight up, and then away, so you avoid all that clutter uh. safely, and then you know at sub light speed or whatever, and then take off from that point.
3: Two questions uh, I have, Mark. One is how do you slow down, and the second one is related to the wave spatial bias drive. Are you creating a bubble? this anti-gravitational field that contains, that is almost outside space, where it bends space around, would it also bend any matter also? And therefore you could just go in a straight line and fly through planets and through star systems and whatnot.
2: Well, bending space in that way would take a strong, you know, folding space up and taking a shortcut would take an immensely powerful gravitational field. Uh, it's not efficient. We don't have enough energy to do that, and you would die.
3: But are you? Is it outside of sp- space, quote unquote, outside of the soup? This uh, no. this field. No,
2: it is a bubble. It's a so bubble it
3: could of- hit anything, any matter, any any matter within space. You're at risk of hitting.
2: Yes. Right. Yeah, you're at risk of hitting matter. But because you're using a magnetic field, uh, much like how the Earth does with the uh, solar wind and all this stuff coming from the sun, you see how it bends the particles and puts them around the pole? Well, this magnetic field is super strong. So incoming particles are going to, you know, if you're going through space like this, they're going around, yeah. around yeah. you right. and out. They're not... You're, you, so, and that's why the UFOs do not make sonic booms because the air around within that magnetic field that's very close to the UFO is rarefied almost to the point of a vacuum. So they slip through the air, water, whatever, <laughs> it's no problem. And that's what we see. That's exactly what we see. But you couldn't so do I that through a solid. The why?
3: Could you, could you do that through a solid though? And if if not, Uh, why not?
2: Oh, now we're going to Buckaroo Banzai. (laughs) I'm
3: just thinking, because, you know, you could feasibly, I suppose, go through the, the outer limits of a star. You know, it's gaseous. Yeah. You've mentioned water is no problem. Right. So... At what point does it become a problem? You got to remember crystalline
1: those, structures. or...? When they're not going through water at the speed of light, though, or faster than light, no. they're, no, they're, they're going at you know five hundred miles
3: an hour. Right, There's okay. a big difference
1: between that. There's where the mass relationship and everything comes in.
3: Right. Okay. So could you go through a planet slower? I don't. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about the. Uh, it's it's almost related to my first question. Like, how do you slow down? And uh, I imagine you would only accelerate for a fraction of a second inside this field?
2: Or well, to, the- to slow down, I'll answer that question first because I want to deal with that very quickly. Uh, you have a, a gradient field where the, the weak end of the field is at the front and the strong end is at the <sighs> back. And you have to know, you know, when you're out of space and you you have a, a zero-gravity field already, to you it feels like you're not moving at all. The only way you know is if you look at something else. And you look at that light, it's going to be compressed uh, very uh, to the point of blackness. And so you'll need a sensing system that will take the incoming photons, which are going to be compressed to such extreme levels, they'll be like in the terahertz region or beyond that. And you have to have a sensor that can interpret they're there, you're moving, therefore, the thing that the star you're heading toward you're moving at 50,000 times the speed of light so now you have to make that decomp- you have to decompress the doppler effect there and yeah. when you do that when the star appears normal again without any um, doppler effect uh, uh, which is a contraction or uh, compression in, in the motion in the direction of motion when it goes yeah, back to normal and... light you know you've stopped because now you're not moving hardly at all relative to that star that you were moving toward. Now it's safe to shut off the field. And how you do that is you simply reverse the, pl- uh, the power. You put the high power up front and the lower power in the back, but you never ever eliminate the field. You never shut it all the way off. Right. Oh, that would be fatal. And that's where you need some good computing power and you better control your currents properly. It's direct current flow. So you have to just shift the amount of energy coming in the front coils and shift the amount of energy in the, and you could do it like that. It could mm-hmm. be instantaneous. You just swap them and then you'll stop. And, and it seems like you would be smashed into the front of the ship, <laughs> but you feel nothing. There's no inertia well, as long as you maintain that field. Then oh, when right. you have stopped, really stopped, the absolute motion, uh, then you can drop the field, and you'll feel nothing. You'll say, well, okay, I don't feel anything. It's um, stopped, and uh, everything's fine. But you have to do it in that sequence. If you don't, it's fatal. Now, no. I'm, sure, Is I'm it? sure the people of Earth who already have made these spaceships, probably the United States, have <laughs> suffered uh, casualties along the way from uh, inertial leakage any 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 incomplete field shape uh, any part of that craft that isn't protected from inertia and there's a occupant when they do uh, high speed maneuvers they'll be killed yeah that, that you have to be in that field entirely inertia has to completely be canceled to be safe then you can go fifty thousand miles an hour this way in turn 90 degrees and not feel a thing it's as if you were in nothing at all you'll be floating in the middle of the ship or strapped down in your chair you won't feel a thing unless you look out the window and see it which i'm sure will make you not feel good oh (laughs) (laughs) how practical is it
3: to to travel at sublight speed in these things so how is it possible to travel down to sort of walking pace for instance Because you would have to come to a stop if you were going to land traveling. Yeah, to land. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I talk about making a supercar, which is you know a car that uh, it's just it floats. Uh, It's just like the ones on in Star Wars or whatever, or the shuttlecraft, where you can go in the atmosphere. And I talk about hey, you could have one of these cars with a GPS system and all that, the auto nav, which they're now developing just in time for the use with this. Um, And you could set this thing up, program it, go up a thousand feet, go 50,000 miles an hour, which will get you from where I live to Tahiti in less than 15 minutes. And wouldn't that be nice to have a breakfast on the beach in Tahiti, maybe have a little lunch over there, and then you get a little groggy in the afternoon, and you're back home in your bed in less than 15 minutes. Maybe check out the pyramids at dinner time. Yeah, You can check out the pyramids. You can go, like I said, you can go have breakfast in France, have lunch in Rome, and be back for your nap at 3 in the afternoon, no Uh. problem. This could be the new reality the new world as long as we do what i say in the book prove that magnetism cancels gravity that's the first step would you and even
3: need a craft i I'm, I'm just thinking about how to generate thrust now i'm i'm designing in my head already <laughs> but would you if you were to generate a field um th- then you have a field which is great but how do you how do you move that forward? Wouldn't your initial thrust generation have to be outside if indeed you need that thrust? And if you don't, do you yeah. need a craft at all? Could you just have like a personal a wristwatch, yeah. like an app or something? And then, yeah, you the can just... The
2: thrust comes from the shape of the space. I use in my book an example, a bubble in, in the bottom of the ocean in water. How does it move forward? It's a perfect example. There's a gradient field of pressure. Pressure is the way for movement. If you think about, you want thrust? Well, then you better use pressure, pressure gradients, pressure difference. Uh, Water in a hose moves because of pressure difference. The winds blow because of high and low pressure systems. Your cars move because of compressions in the pistons. Uh Everywhere you look, for examples, you want to see how things move they're using pressure differences inside a particle they use a pressure difference the slip wave creates a pressure difference within the field itself that's why i call it the slip wave it slips through space because it's being pushed at the rear end and and uh, allowed to go forward because the space within the slip wave field (laughs) Created by magnetism, it pulls space apart. You create a bubble of of very um, low-density space, and you create a bigger bubble at the end, the back end. So the space around it that's normal is pushing on your spacecraft, pushing on that field, and that's what makes it go. And that field is able to move effortlessly because everything within it is shielded from gravity, is shielded from inertia. There's no resistance. So it's a beautiful, sensible, perfectly working system. And if you don't believe me, ask the UFO guys. They're using <laughs> it now to fly all over the universe. It's the only logical, reasonable explanation. They're using this technology. And, and so it's a good question. Uh, that's how you get the propulsion. It's magnetic propulsion. And they knew that even way back in the fifties, yeah, uh, early forties, mid forties, early fifties, I found a reference in a book written by JK Jessup, uh, who was found dead in a hotel room. Some, they said he hung himself, but I'm not sure. Uh, One of the first guys to write a UFO book. And he says in that book, he says, um, He's making a, a, a kind of a funny comment from the Air Force. We don't need magnetic fields. We don't need that. We were use, going to use jets and rockets. And everywhere on the Internet, you go to that sentence, they they blank out the word magnetic. And they just leave the M, and there's just a gap. It's, it's, on, it's in my book. I show you that introduction uh, uh, section in the book that he wrote on, about UFOs somebody went all through the internet removed the word magnetic magnetically and just left the m for some reason so any only person would know it was somebody that knows that magnetic fields are what's used to to propel ufo's you know
1: I mean, the um, the evidence is there Mark, you know the the sort of the traditional um rocketry organizations across the world like nasa and the european space agency that the guys who are sending up satellites and and um international space station and all this do you think they're aware of this or are they are they have they been kept out of the loop
2: well you see some astronauts talk about like they know about something's going on you see references to the clintons and whatever and the ex-presidents they won't come right out and say anything. They, they kind of very gingerly step around the UFO topic. Uh, I'm sure that the higher ups and NSA and CIA and probably the FBI to contain people who know the truth, uh, have come to know about this situation. So we got to an odd situation here where only a very uh, a select elite group of people in the world know about this. They're keeping it quiet. And why are they keeping it quiet? Because anti-gravity technology and faster than light motion is gives a strategic military advantage to the people who have it. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. It's not even worrying about, will there be a world panic? Uh, maybe somebody will get upset. I don't know. But uh, if they're not attacking, there's no reason to be upset. And uh, really, the, the big reason is, hey, they tried to keep the the atom bomb secret. They weren't so good about that. But um, maybe they've learned their lesson there, and they've learned to discredit people who talk about this stuff. And yeah. uh, this information has been a very effective tool to keep this out of the news to keep this realization from the people. I'm sure. I, I think you guys are well aware of that, and you know the motivations are very simple. They want to keep that power to power. themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well sooner or later, you know, if we don't advance, uh we'll we'll all be gone. If something's going to go wrong, and we're not going to be able to handle it, no.
1: absolutely. Well, my on that note, I can't believe we've we've done over an hour already, and I could go on talking to you all night about you know we haven't touched on disclosure or uh, yeah you know the nature of why we're here, what we're, what's our purpose in life, so um but it's been fascinating to talk to you. I've really enjoyed Absolutely. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. where should people go if they want to find out more?
2: Uh, I have a website wwwsuper dot com. And on the front page, there's a link to get my book on Amazon, or you could order one uh, from my website. and I'll sign it and send it to you. Cool. Uh, so that's the two ways of uh, uh, doing it right now. And uh, hopefully people come out there. I got uh, some very interesting articles that they could read in my blog. Yeah. Uh, I got places, shows, that, other shows that uh, they could watch. I'd like to upload this to my blog, if that's okay with you guys. Uh,
1: yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, and um, this is all part of my task now. I need to get this information out there so people can take action and help make this a better world. I hope a ut- utopian world, the dream world, where traveling to other planets and talking to other uh, aliens from other worlds is, will become a commonplace thing, like it. You uh, 150 years ago, nobody ever dreamed that we would be in flying airplanes and having cars, and now that's normal. Mm-hmm. I'm tra- talking about changing what's normal and changing it for the better the new normal you might say yeah the new normal <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> well fantastic i'll uh, i'll put all the links in the description so please do check out mark's website super hyphen com, and check out the book and uh thanks once again for joining us um just stay on the line for us for one minute mark while we play ourselves out and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side All right, then,
2: we're back. The Dwarf, the Cripple, and the Mother of Madness.
1: That was our chat with Mark Fiorentino. Mm.
3: Master Space. of Reality. And, oh, I love yeah. that. Wasn't that a, was that a Metallica album? Master of Puppets. Uh, what am I thinking of? I Answers know. on postcards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just email us. The <laughs> no, <Constitution>. postcard only. <laughs> uh, his book sounds good. It Right, does. right up your alley,
4: i Ben. I think. Yeah, mm. and he'll sign it for you.
3: Yeah, you will. I think um I think I'll see if I can blog a free copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: Kindle version, I believe, available it? as well, yeah, uh, for you uh, electronic readers. Mm-hmm. I can't do it, I can't do electronic books.
3: Can you read on a Kindle at uh, one point five times speed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't does Kindle can will Kindle read to
4: you? Oof, I think the modern ones might. I've um, got like a first gen Kindle. Is it yeah? I mean, you can just get a PDF reader, couldn't you? I'm sure you could convert it to a PDF somehow. Would it not be a bit robotic? Yeah, it would be. (laughs) Hey, Siri, read all my books.
1: (laughs) So that was good, yeah. Check out the website, Mm. www.super-relativity.com. You'll find out all the information there. He's got a blog on there. He's got a YouTube channel as well, so I'll put the link for the YouTube channel in the
4: Mm. description. Um, Just to clarify, it's not super-hyphen. Oh, is it not? Well, you know, it's actually a hyphen, the symbol. <laughs> no one's <laughs> going to think it's hyphen the word. My, people might say, ooh, super hyper relativity. Oh, or miss right. Or or something.
1: Yeah,
3: they might. Yeah. Just scroll down to the show notes. Oh, listen harder.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, let's do some Housekeeping.
4: Housekeeping.
2: Housekeeping. <laughs>
1: This is a value for value podcast. Please throw us some value. If you find this podcast valuable, return some. Put a mm. number on that value. Yeah. Send us your time. Use your time. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> How do you do it? Not, <laughs> not the super relative time. Mm. Just uh, your standard time. But
4: time doesn't exist. No, it's a man-made construct. Yeah. It's, so, all, it's
1: all super relative, baby.
4: Yeah, so, you know, it doesn't matter. Just use loads of time that doesn't <laughs> exist and send us things.
1: Yeah, you can uh, follow us on YouTube on Odyssey. Sign up to the... Uh, subscribe to us on Odyssey. Yeah, throw yep.
4: some uh, crypto. Crypto. Yeah, on Odyssey. Promote send, that shit.
3: Send us interesting articles that you have read or had read to you by your digital assistant. Or your PDF reader. Mm.
1: Join the chats, join the Discord server. Oh, yeah. And there is a way there to uh, send us intel.
3: That's hot and fresh, isn't it, the Discord? Yeah, it's, it's, what, a week old? Wow, are we on TikTok yet? No.
1: (laughs) No, I don't want to be spied on by the Chinese Communist Party. Any more than you already are. (laughs) Exactly. Let's keep it to a minimum. Mm. Send us images. Yeah. Yeah, artwork. Yeah, we had some we've got some uh fab artwork for this episode. Again from Jay Hurst.
4: Oh nice wow, excellent. Thank you, Jay. What a good egg. Mm.
1: Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you can send that via the Discord or, or email at thearmistinquisition at gmail.com if you've got some art. Doesn't have to be new art, you know. Something that you've done and you think sort of fits in with the themes that mm. we often cover. Mm-hmm. You know. Send it our way, we'll, we'll use it as uh, the artwork for an episode and give you a producer credit in the show notes, put it on your curriculum vitae, your LinkedIn profile, Armist mm-hmm. Inquisition Producer, episode 189, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to jizz up your CV every now and again, don't you? If yeah.
3: you're lacking in clothes <laughs> and you want to freshen up your wardrobe, you could always uh, buy something from the Amish loot chest.
1: Yeah, link in the description as well, yeah, get your, ooh, current, grape, t-shirt. You see what I'm modelling here?
3: What's that? Out of the blank I thought it said glamour.
1: Yeah, here is a previous guest, Robbie Robertson. That's
3: Robbie Robertson. Is that the Robbie Robertson? The Robbie Robertson. I didn't recognise him without eyes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's on his forehead, though? Is it a super
4: it's, it's a triangle. Isn't it? Ah, is yeah. it like it's something to do with uh, it's not a, tri- a trefoil? An infinity scope. Yeah, what's it called? Vision. Vision, yeah. A little bit of oh. vision. Possibly. That's quite good, though. Definitely. So we said send us news stories and timestamp them.
1: Uh, yeah, audio clips, uh, video clips. Mm. Again, the Discord is a good place to post them. There is a thread there, Producer Intel. Yeah. And wow. uh, it's where I've been. Posting the stuff that I'm going to be, I've found and I've been using. Right. So you can actually get a sneak peek of what's going to uh, be covered in the second half of the show if
4: you join the Discord. Should probably join this Discord. <laughs> yeah.
3: We have a new level of, uh, like, um, authority where we have an Amish <laughs> intelligence officer who sends intel through the Discord.
4: Who do you think you are, Jackie Weaver? Sorry, not an officer. <laughs>
3: An Amish intelligence agent.
1: Anyone can be an Amish intelligence agent.
3: Anyone. No, yeah, we're not. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't think we need to uh, create a hierarchy,
4: do create we? A
3: badge, a badge,
4: a little badge. A badge of honour. We could make, we could make um, an uh, A-I. A-I. AI We could A-I. make a, an Amish Inquisition button, couldn't we?
3: Well, yeah, maybe we should do that. You remember those button makers... Yeah that yeah. you used to get at scout fairs and things. Mm. Have your finger off them. I th- <coughs> Sorry.
4: <coughs> I think we can do um, stickers.
0: Oh, stickers teespring. would
4: be good. I'm sure you can do buttons on thingy. And teespring, uh, yeah. Yeah, badges.
0: All
3: right, we'll, we'll might look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
4: any other way to become a producer? Have we covered everything? Um, you could toss us a fucking coin
5: toss a coin to your witcher because I'm literally a
2: communist a of of grape. yeah
1: do it for the lads,
4: the lads. lads.
2: <laughs> lads.
1: yeah lads. it's uh, it does really bother me that we don't, it really bothers me. don't get enough donations but if you go to the com, you'll find the paypal button there mm-hmm. or the, the uh, link tree the paypal's on there and it's also in the discord there's a paypal link there Ooh, excellent. there's no fucking excuse well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's whatever you think it's worth. If you if you're in the position to donate monetarily and you get value out of this weekly
3: podcast, then uh, feel free. And if not, send us your excuses.
1: <laughs> I think uh, No Agenda brought the record for the largest single uh, donation on Thursday. What was it? I think it was, um, I think it was three thousand two hundred dollars.
4: All right.
3: Wow. I'd be happy with one percent of that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the links are all there. Um, yeah, 1% every month. Yeah, uh, I've got a quick
3: um, correction, actually. Oh, no, this is why we don't get donations.
1: <laughs> um, we we're talking about the boom in archaeology of the uh, 19th century. And uh, Eric Klein mentioned a famous German archaeologist. I think his term was possibly the archaeologist we love to hate. Mm. And his name's Heinrich Schliemann was his name. I think I butchered it, called him Schlieffman or something. (laughs) Uh, He was an advocate of the historicity of places mentioned in the works of Homer and an archaeological excavator at of Hiserlich, now presumed to be the site of Troy. Along the Mycenaean, along with the Mycenaean Mycenae sites, Mycenae, Mycenae. I can't talk tonight. And Tyrens. Uh His work lent weight to the idea that Homer's Iliad reflects historical events. Schliemann's excavation of nine levels of archaeological remains with dynamite <laughs> has been criticised <laughs> as destructive of significant historical artifacts, including the level that is believed to be the historical Troy wow so he's one of these guys who uh always seem to have the right idea but use the wrong methods
4: well Uh, you know people blew up the pyramids in like the 18th century or 17th 19th century i think to kind of look into to find inside to get into the uh, hero's tomb
1: most of modern cairo is built on dynamite uh you (laughs) know the the fine bits of the casing stones that's why they were all stripped
4: Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I know uh, yeah, I'm just saying, though, that they've been blown up in recent history as well.
1: Yeah. It's a wonder um, so many things survive, isn't it? Especially with all the wars we've had in the last sort of hundred years.
4: More yeah.
1: destructive wars, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I know certain cities got, like Dresden, got completely flattened pretty much, didn't it? But mm-hmm. things like Notre Dame, you know, it survived until a couple of years ago, didn't it? Oh, you know, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the fire. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, moving on, that was a correction. Uh, we caught some shade this week dear. from uh, Mama Bear of Sunny Essex. Oh, all right. Uh, got a message through. Okay, I can't take it any longer. Turn off the notifications on
4: your phone. Your phone keeps, <laughs> keeps beeping through the whole show. <laughs> That's you, that is. What? Mine's on silent. Yeah, my uh, mind phone. Has, my uh, mind phone. <laughs> <laughs> mind <laughs> it's <phone>. Harry's sleeping.
3: <laughs> Abbas
1: Max Fry, 1912. Uh, oh, sorry, you intimating a bit of? Did I slip into a bit of Mick there?
4: Mick Jagger, a little he's, bit, yeah. He's I always so, yeah. going to Mick Jagger, whatever you're doing. Portuguese. Uh, I'll do it
3: on purpose. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what? That? I've got my
1: phone on silent. Good. So,
4: good. That is an improvement.
1: Feedback received, Mama Bear. Yeah, yeah. we're doing something about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I was gonna. I wanted to highlight. You know that we have a number of producers who've got in contact. Cycles, uh, you might say, who have found us recently and then gone back to episode one.
4: Oh, oh. Right, yeah.
1: it's a, not somebody else done it now. There's, there's a handful who've made contact who yeah. have gone back to the beginning. Poor. That's insane. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back there. Poor souls. Um, but it is providing nostalgia. Oh. Nostalgia, and also because they're sort of starting to catch up, they listen to the new episode and then they backfill during the week with old episodes, mm-hmm. are powers of foresight. Ooh. Ooh. Nostradamus. Yeah. yeah. See, like The Simpsons. Exactly, yeah. I've got a couple of clips here. Um, oh, please please let it be me. This is from episode 123, the 15th of March 2020. Wow, wow, the before
3: times. Yeah. The before times. Just
1: before times. Uh, I've got a couple of clips here, basically, and it sort of sums up how essentially me and Matt are invariably right, yeah. and Ben always seems to be wrong and dangerous. <laughs>
3: <laughs> At least I'm insisting. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, here's clip one. The biggest um, worry I concern I have over COVID is... Um, exploding amygdalas <laughs> I just think people's heads are going to start
4: popping like oh, scanners massive well, <laughs> I think the other thing as well is it's not so much is it the, the disease and what that's going to do or the virus or whatever it's the um, what's wrong with my voice <laughs> who's that guy <laughs> who's this you're burping I think. <laughs> I think yeah it must be mustn't it trap tra- windy pops I think Continue. people's reactions to it or overreaction oh, there we go and mm. you seem <laughs> to see it already it's mad Quite prophetic, I think that. Yeah, no.
1: Exploding amygdalas and people overreacting. Mm. Yeah, so uh, Ben knows what
4: the solution is. (laughs) Uh, I don't think think so. I don't like politicians. (laughs) They're spending money on nonsense, yeah. They should hand over running of the
3: country to scientists and the military. (laughs) 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 Your wish has been granted. Oh, Oh, no
1: who was right <laughs> uh, so yeah I enjoyed that thanks for sending that in uh, better thank the producers aren't we for episode 189 oh, yeah, I certainly holy hell bells it's time to
2: it's time to big up the man Dems yo so
1: we have episode 189 producers we have Jay Hurst, Gav Scott Slickhole83 Lee from the Big Conspire Chardy, Mama Bear Sunny One Funny Farm, Helen from Discord, nominos Noz Nodge, Anonymous, and, well, no one but merch this week, so I'll just Anonymous. <laughs> Thank you. It's so amazing in your love.
4: They are. Yeah. So amazing
0: in their love. Literally the best mate the dwarf the current the grape. the homophobe the winds the
2: asthma, the karmap the guns the number 11 the blind man the fallen on the horizon the cripple and the mother of an old
5: friend is here from hell right delightful <laughs> don't get it never will yes!
1: yeah thanks again for your support for making this episode possible it doesn't go unnoticed. No. no. certainly doesn't. You get a producer credit. That was a decent producer list, wasn't it? Yeah. Good week. Good week this week. Mm. It's uh, highly appreciated. Mm. Okay. Let's move on. COVID-19.
4: News. People have got to understand,
5: vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass. From hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day intimidating, mode, like
4: it's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab. In the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. cause
5: we bored we want to have fun. I can't
4: save
1: you if we're not wearing a face mask.
5: Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them.
2: Grab his stick and twist it. Oh my.
1: Covid news. Well. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. I wanted to put things in perspective, you know, because we're getting the, uh, what's it, the... Uh, Deadly variants or political scariants. Sounds like a quiz,
3: a quiz round.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, the Delta variant's been heavy in the news this week. Yeah. Mm.
3: I've
1: just uh, got a quick stat for you, for perspective, to help your exploding amygdala.
2: Oh.
1: We currently so we currently have more NHS hospitals than COVID patients in NHS hospitals.
4: Okay, wow, that's good. So that's, that's a good, good stat. That's good news, yeah. yeah. It's
1: close now because mm-hmm. they've been going up because they're testing more. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's twelve hundred and sixty odd hospitals and twelve hundred odd COVID patients at last time uh, data was available. Right, and we do know that a certain percentage of those people are in there because of the virus, or they? through there
4: for Well, yeah, you go you go to the hospital and you catch the virus, don't you? Basically, yeah, or you go in and
1: you get a false positive, or you oh, yeah. re- recently recovered, or mm-hmm. you know whatnot. Anyway, I thought I would. Uh, I thought that was a good piece of perspective. Lockdown's been extended by four weeks. We were wrong. We said two weeks last week. Happy
3: Freedom Day, everyone, tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's meant to be tomorrow, but it's been postponed by four weeks. Mm, No, yeah, it's not going to happen, is it, I don't think. The day of recording, uh, when it was announced, I saw Mm -mm. there was a YouGov poll, 71% in favour. Of continuing. Of the extension, yeah. I just wondered what was going on with that.
4: Right.
3: Did you dig deeper? Is it 71% of 10 people?
4: <laughs> no, it's uh, o- open to the floor. What do you mean? Have you got a theory? No, uh, I'm asking you. That's what I mean. Open to the floor. If you've got any theories. People love it, don't they? I think uh, the, the more I think about Mark, whatever his name is, the um, Phantom of the Opera's son, the philosopher. <laughs> oh, uh Crawford. 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 Michael Crawford. Michael B. Crawford. Michael B. Crawfordson. Um, people, I think it's like this philosophical thing of people, um, it, y- your choice is taken away from you. Um, and I think there's a lot of th- things I've been listening to recently, you know, that have mentioned that we evolved to live in small groups um, rather than these this massive interconnected... you like Dunbar's number. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as well as part of that, there's so much more choice in everything you do. That's overwhelming. So if a lot of that choice is removed for you, I think in some way we might find that appealing. Gosh. I had i um, I'm wondering if
1: yougov's uh, has been captured. Has been captured? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, that the, it's manipulated... Right, okay. That's why they released it on the day.
4: I you don't know. know. I think. It might not
1: be right. I mean, it depends who's. I'm just thinking about my personal experience. Who's polling? I don't know anyone who, who wanted it to be extended. No. Oh, right, okay, on, yeah, yeah. But they come up with nearly three quarters of people. That
4: seems <laughs> odd. Who are they polling? That's the yeah, thing.
3: Extrapolate.
4: Is it is that an open vote on the website that anybody can go and vote on? Or is it that they, they test... Right. There's tester groups all over the country and they... So, you know, it depends on the demographic of that, doesn't it? Yeah, and are they aware of who they're polling and what therefore have some control
1: over what they think the result will be prior? Maybe. Or are they selecting who they poll?
4: That's what I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who the fuck answers,
1: answers polls, you know?
4: Mm.
3: I think there are a certain subset of people who are currently being paid to not work the job they hate who would be more than happy for that to continue as long as possible. And we're already seeing, or the media would have me believe we're already seeing that um, there are real problems with staffing levels in hotels and, and things like that. Pubs and stuff. Yeah, pubs. Catering. Shops, retail, that kind of... The, the low... Well, I don't know. What would you call it? That that kind of level of...
1: The service industry. Service industry, yeah. I mean, that might be a component, but I don't think there's that many people still on furlough. I don't know. No. As a proportion of the population, I would mm. say it's maybe... I'm guessing, wild guess, but out of the... Say, a percentage of the adult population, I would say it's maybe... 15 percent 20 percent
3: what if you add in all those Packs? office workers who are working from home and like that and don't want to go back to the
4: office because their bosses have said well which bank is it that's, that's making the threat the ultimatum saying you have to be back in know, Amer- i'm sure it's in america it's an american <sighs> bank
1: the thing is uh, all right you don't want to go to the office
3: is that worth
1: surrendering all your
3: other freedoms for but well, to be honest, they're, they're probably fine with just having to wear a mask in the news agents, because that's really all that's left now, as far as
4: I can see. You can't even go to bar. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. People just come and give you uh, table service all the time. I yeah, see that as a benefit as well. Um, um, so I see that as a benefit. <laughs> I think what it, Excuse it is... Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I think that's
1: because we're of an age. Uh, I think if you ask 18 20 Oh year yeah. Olds,
3: yeah, so but no one listens to 18 to 20 year olds, do they? Yeah, historically. Correct. I've been one. <laughs>
4: uh, I think yeah. I don't know. I think it's more appealing to some people, isn't it? It depends how scared you are as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a big
1: component. And who are the people who are more likely to take an ONS survey? The mm. people who are inherently more likely to have downloaded the app? To watch the BBC Six O'Clock News. GB
4: News. Is that where you voted? To not... uh, What? How did you vote? Vote? Yeah.
3: How how did you vote if you were in it? Or how did you um, engage with this poll? Mm. I don't know. I don't
1: don't know. know. Honestly, I don't know. I'm guessing it was a random sample. They just phone people up, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, because these surveys drive public opinion to a degree, and political Mm. decision-making... So, I don't know. Something to look at. I should look at more closely, maybe, how polling works. Anyway, we'll we'll leave that there. I've not got much on vaccines this week. Uh, I don't see the there's much point anymore. I think, well, particularly this country, anyone who's going to have it is going to have it by now, and if they're not, they're not. They've already made their minds up.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't think there's any point beating a... Beating a Dark Horse. If anyone is on the fence, check out the Dark Horse podcast this week with Brett Weinstein. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes for anyone who wants to watch it. The Odyssey link, obviously, because it's been removed from YouTube.
4: Oh, right.
1: He had the inventor of mRNA vaccine technology on.
4: Right.
1: And it was a three-hour podcast. And another guy who's a serial entrepreneur. I can't remember his name. So if you are on the the fence, uh, I really recommend you watch that. Don't watch it if you've had it. (laughs) Be my advice. Uh, Update on Queensland's draconian lockdown measures. Queensland. Queensland, yeah. What happens when you have a baby and you've had to self-isolate?
3: The baby was born prematurely while they were in Brisbane hotel quarantine. Has finally been reunited with their son. The new parents were banned under Queensland's COVID rules to meet their newborn at the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital, despite both being fully vaccinated.
0: Petrified, oh, Sarah gave birth to Ilias without Mo by her side. But it was what happened next that left the couple speechless. They took him out. They didn't put the curtain down. Nothing. They just told me he's cute. I just can't believe how heartless they are. Speaking with the media and returning eight negative COVID tests, Mo was finally given an exemption to escape hotel quarantine and be by Sarah's side. But Queensland Health still prevented the couple from meeting their baby boy for eight days, even though they're both fully vaccinated. Just because you're vaccinated...
1: This is the public person spokeshole trying to justify this insanity
0: doesn't mean that you won't get infected that's why we could not let that family go and visit their baby
4: couple whose baby again what's the point in the vaccine <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a compliance test isn't it
1: it's ridiculous <laughs> that is ridiculous yeah eight
3: days You couldn't see the baby for eight days do like,
1: you shoot. know what I mean?
4: What's the point in having the vaccine if you, you can't do anything after you've had the vaccine?
3: Why aren't you smashing shit up, like tearing the shit out of the hotel room? And yeah. Just, you just get
1: arrested.
4: Mm. Oh,
3: my God. In it's, fact, you can't mm. fight
1: the state on your own. No, I know. That's the thing, isn't and it? And they've made the rules. You've got to mm. live with it. Yeah. Oh, well, at least I don't have to go into the office. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and you don't have to... Um, and are we gone off the internet? Don't know.
3: Mm. Carry, uh, on. carry on. Yeah, we can. So, I mean, that is bonkers. Separation of a mm. a newborn from the mother for eight days. Mm. Eight days. I mean, imagine. Well, that's well, the most. Is that like not really important? Yeah, absolutely. That contact time. I mean, mm. feeding's going to be difficult when it's. Mm.
4: And th- I assume then the decision was taken away from her whether to breastfeed or to bottle feed. <coughs> Uh, I remember when I, when both mine were born, they made a big deal as mm. me of the father stripping off,
1: yeah, taking a T-shirt yeah. off. Yeah, and skin Yeah,
4: yeah, tank the, tank tank. I started doing that. And then he said, whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Mate, no, 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 suffocate, suffocate.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure that if you leave a newborn baby without physical contact, it will die. It will die? Uh, yeah, if you leave it long enough, it will die. Oh, come on, shit. In most cases, human contact is uh, absolutely necessary for newborn babies. I'm, I'm sure the nurses and whatnot are mm, doing it. They would have looked all, after it, wouldn't they? Obviously. Yeah, of course. Well, you'd fucking hope so, and you haven't got much choice, have you? The state owns your baby. We'll let you We'll let you see him in about eight days,
4: once you've had eight COVID tests. It's fucking frightening. Yeah. Mental. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't the baby stay with the mum? In the same room,
3: yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. She's in quarantine.
4: Yeah, but the baby—baby the baby was inside. Yeah, but this is a
1: separate person now.
4: It's a new person. But wouldn't the baby not get the virus if, it, if she had the virus anyway? No, and potentially get some white blood cells from her and stuff. You get some of your immunity. Don't yeah, a
3: hundred percent, it would have crossed the placenta at some point. Yeah. Also, oh,
1: every so if a pregnant woman has COVID, ergo. Every baby is infected as well. I'm not sure about that. Maybe Ben's looking at me, going, mm. "I suppose one thing yeah. you've got to say is um, uh, infants are immune naive for the first six months, aren't they? I
4: don't know.
1: Yeah, you've no immunity for six months. I think.
3: I don't know. Um, they have IgM cells, don't they? So how do you get? Yeah, you've uh,
1: no signalling COVID deaths. I mean, it's it's like handful handful of no. under six months. Am I being
4: diabetes. like stupid? You know, like. When you give pregnant women like, certain medications so they don't give the baby HIV.
3: That's right, because that does cross the placenta. I, I think that if a mother has COVID, is COVID positive, whatever that means, then there's a chance that the, the baby is also as COVID positive as the mother. Oh, by the way, they
1: didn't have COVID.
3: I know, yeah. They were just in
1: quarantine and they had eight negative tests.
3: It's wild. fucking mental. Yeah. I used to think Australia was quite liberal and cool no, and you know, no. surfing and shit.
1: We've talked about this before. They have something called um, mental state <laughs> capacity. They have a high level of state capacity, whereas we don't.
3: Is that the same in Canada as well? Because I thought they were quite cool and then they're a bit. No, so, they're very liberal, but to an extreme degree, aren't they? Or is it, is it the other way?
1: Uh, they're being draconian at the moment liberal and conservative has nothing to do no no eh? yeah so but the thing is with canada and i suppose to australia as well is there are they are big countries which are sparsely populated Mm. and so it's easier to get away with stuff rather than be on this tiny island with 70 million people in it Mm. (coughs) so there's that aspect to it yeah Yeah. i thought it was crazy that stuff should we move on that's insane our uh, our famous, our favorite, famous, favorite communist.
3: Do you think, sorry, do you think if there was like a global government or something, they'd be able to sort that shit out in Australia?
4: Yeah. So that's maybe, what we need. We need a, you know, we need we need a, need a
3: global government, a top layer to say, no, Australia, you can't do that shit. Maybe so some,
4: like something on the lines of the World Economic
3: yeah, Forum. Yeah, those guys seem to have the head screwed on. <laughs> Schwab. Yeah, yeah
1: just <laughs> let the, uh, the scientists and the army take over. Well,
3: yeah. <laughs> It's, it's obvious now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, our fav- fav- favourite favorite communist, Susan Mickey. Mm, she taking the Mickey. Yeah, the uh, sage advisor from the uh, behavioural units team, I think it is, Spy B. Mm-hmm. She was on Unheard
5: this was
3: week.
1: Was she? She Gee, Wow. After the furo- furore from her, uh, you know, saying that certain... Lockdown measures should carry on ah. forever,
4: <laughs> forever. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I heard this. Yeah, um, um, might be a good one to listen to. I like on And
1: yeah, Freddie Sayers doing a, a fine job. Hi, uh, I'm Freddie Sayers. You'll be interested in this first
4: first part because this Our first world uh, oh what? Just like the, just like the intro of it. Go on, continue. <laughs>
1: the first uh, subject is on the matter of overseas travel.
4: Okay, and you like to go abroad, don't you? I don't. I Um, uh, mean, I mean, I like foreign holidays. I like going and sitting on the beach and sweating. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Scarborough, mate. (laughs) Could do for last month, couldn't it? Let's uh, let's see what might be happening with air travel.
0: See
3: them. You wouldn't see tighter travel restrictions as part of a long-term shift.
0: I think the whole. It's very difficult to know how it's going to go. What Mm -hmm. I do hope is that the whole this brings countries together more. And there's a more global way of looking at travel. Because actually, um, there's an existential crisis around the corner, which is much greater than pandemics. Uh, we go. And mm-hmm. that's the climate crisis. Um, and, you know, air travel is one of the big contributors um, to global warming and the kind of problems we've already been, been seeing.
3: So do you want to see – so just on that it- – one good reason, in your view, to have less international travel is that it also helps the global warming question.
0: Absolutely.
4: Well, um, She so we just needs to talk to Mark Fiorentino and get a nice uh, gravity slipway drive. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I'm sure that eventually there'll be um, battery operated airplanes, so that'll be fine.
3: Or um yeah, well totally. I think they're already in,
4: in um in design or test Yeah, they had not test them now, don't they? And the world's gonna end in seven years. No, oh, who said
3: that? <laughs> Mayans again. Oh you know the
1: one. How oh,
2: dare you! <laughs>
1: seven oh, years. Oh yeah. Biden's repeated it as well.
3: Seven years.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh technology's gonna save us. I think this uh this ideology is uh, going to become pervasive over the next couple of years.
4: I think it already is, isn't it? Well, more so. Mm.
1: More so. I mean, we haven't got to climate lockdowns yet. <laughs> but
4: why not? The door is open. Um, climate lockdown. Well, I suppose that's, that's that's similar to, like, how they used to deal... Well, it's China again, isn't it? And smog.
3: Yeah, they just banned cars from cities for... Well, certain for
4: the Olympics. Do you remember? They shut down in the Olympics in Beijing... Was it t- 2008? That sounds right. Mm-hmm. And um, they ordered all the factories to stop manufacturing within like X amount of miles of the stadium because the, the air was so polluted and banned all the cars or whatever. Or, you know, reduced the amount of cars on the road. And it like cleared up the smog. So that that's what happened.
1: Hmm. Yeah, there's a difference between particulate matter smog and co2 though yeah i suppose uh, smog is a it's a personal health problem look at things like asthma
4: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, yeah
1: and it doesn't have to be the actual pollutant uh, well i suppose it is a pollutant but the like the brake dust stuff cars yep. is terrible for uh, i believe for uh, everything uh, causing asthma i don't know if it's improved if brake technology's improved much but um used to be
3: asbestos in drum brakes yeah.
1: yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway, um, Freddie asks her the question that uh, is on everyone's lips. Are you a commie? <laughs> Let
3: me end, if I may, by asking a little bit about the, the nexus of politics and expertise, because... That's what all of this comes from. One detail that I'm sure you're fed up with by now, but every um, you know, Daily Mail article and other thing leads with, with huge excitement, is that you were or remain a member of the Communist Party. Is that true?
0: Are you a communist? Um, my politics are uh, not anything to do with my scientific advice. Oh. And um, I've never discussed my politics um, with uh, people like yourself, so nor am I going to now. Um, that was a
4: bit off, that uh, yeah, phrasing, wasn't it? really nice gentleman asking nicely. Right. You nicely, people,
3: asking isn't... you questions. Yeah, so, not... so are you a communist?
0: Um, the important thing is that when one gives scientific advice, one does so uh, using the expertise one has, not going beyond the expertise, being transparent about... Um, what expertise you provide. And I think that um, the kind of articles mm-hmm. you referred to um, are a really disturbing kind of uh, McCarthyite witch hunting, which I don't think should have any place in a liberal tolerant society. Perfect. I think what you
4: meant to say, Susan, was...
0: I'm literally a communist.
4: Um, so she is obviously a paid-up member, allegedly, of the uh, Communist Party. Yeah. Um, so that was quite interesting, wasn't it, what she said about um, not going beyond my remit or something on those yeah, lines. Yeah, your expertise. scientific expertise. So she's a behavioural psychologist. And a climate scientist. Yeah, yeah. so do <laughs> you know what I mean? Hello. Yeah, it's nonsense.
1: Mm. And she, and if there's anything we've learned over the last 18 months in particular, but I would argue it's been going on for a lot longer, is how pervasive politics has become in science and the scientific community.
4: Uh-huh. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Particularly in the social sciences, but even now in yeah. the hard sciences and in medicine mm. and biology.
4: Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. God, to
1: try and argue that. Her scientific views have nothing to do with the advice she gives and her
4: scientific <laughs> book credentials. It's bullshit. That has always been the case with social sciences, um, has been affected by the times. Yeah, it? and it's it's permeating to the other sciences
1: as well. Mm. Biology. Look at the lab leak stuff. What? The lab leak stuff. It's nonsense. Orange Man bad. Oh,
4: right. Okay, yeah. yeah and then... <laughs> For a year. Yeah.
1: And now finally, they're, tr- they're trying to roll it back. Mm. Because Biden said it. Yeah. You know, they, I don't know who they think they're fucking kidding. Mm. Politics pervades everything.
4: It does, doesn't it? You know. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it does.
3: <clears throat> Who's that guy you like in uh, one of these Roman Emperor chaps who he was he was leader for for like a year and did all this stuff and then just wandered off and said right I've had enough now oh that was Sulla that's what we need someone who can just come in and fix it he's not bothered about the glory it was before the empire
1: before the before while the you know before the republic fell he was dictator for life and then he just went into the forum when he would accomplished what he needed to do and said "Right, chaps I'm retiring and wandered off into the crowd and retired gave up everything the ultimate power, Ep- grapes. That's that's the way to go. Drank a lot of wine. Mm. Died of liver failure, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe like eighteen months after he retired. Ah, oh,
4: that's oh. always what happens. I'd better
1: stop working. There would have been a good eighteen months though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lion. A- yeah. So, anyway, moving on. Doctor John Campbell. Oh, yeah. Last time I looked, 997,000 YouTube subs. Oh. 3,000 off the big one mil. Imagine how much he's making
4: from that channel now.
1: Thousands. Thousands. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's been going over the Novavax.
3: You heard of the Novavax? Heard of it. I can't remember who makes it. Oh. GSK? No.
4: Is it not? I forget. Novartis? No,
3: they don't have a vaccine wing going
1: uh they've released um i think uh phase three trial data this week right. so we was going over the vaccine and how it's made and whatnot and uh, i have some concerns the, the
4: the the information to make the protein the genetic information to make the protein is actually put inside another another vector virus but that goes into moth cells <laughs> moth cells Actually, moth cells. So the the the, the, the DNA to make the protein is put into moth cells. <laughs> moth cells. What could possibly go wrong? Giant moth man crossing the road. <laughs> That's how it happens. Yeah.
1: Yep, avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to turn into moth man, I would suggest. I just get all
3: dusty and shit. <laughs>
1: Attracted to the light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
3: how they do it. Boris Johnson will come out number 10 with a big torch, big six <laughs> D battery mag light, <laughs> and everyone who's been vaccinated will gather around.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: uh, right, is that it? That's it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want a
1: uh, public service announcement on healthy eating? Yeah, please
5: so hard to eat healthy because healthy people act like healthy food tastes better than junk food, which just isn't true. Quinoa will never taste better than McDonald's. Just say, hey, of course I want a Big Mac, but I also want a six-pack, so I gotta eat this shit that tastes like crayons. So then I wouldn't be discouraged. <laughs> you know how many people have told me oat milk tastes good? Have you tried oat milk? It, it tastes like a long sleeve t-shirt. And I'm not saying you shouldn't drink it. It is better for you. But it's like drinking a canvas bag. I just wish someone would have told me. Because when I see all these farmer's market health nuts acting like it tastes better than cow's milk, I feel like, wow, I guess I'm doomed to be an unhealthy piece of shit forever because I'm not getting whatever the fuck you're getting. And I understand you're trying to make the best out of a situation where you're forcing yourself to eat something that tastes like socks. But I think you'd encourage more people by being honest about the adjustment. Like, I switched from white bread to Ezekiel bread. My friend was like, yeah, you won't even notice the difference. I might as well have been eating a, a hockey puck made out of sawdust. And it wouldn't have been as bad if my friend would have just said, look, it's going to be like you're swallowing a cast, okay? But do you want to have diabetes before you turn 35? Good, then drink this plant-based protein that tastes like Play-Doh. I think- <laughs>
4: Excellent. What's Ezekiel bread? Does anyone oh, know? i never even heard of that one. Let's get some.
3: Yeah. Never heard of it.
4: Heard of rye bread. Right. <laughs> rye bread. What's that? Made of rye, I guess. Put some rye in that shit. Right. I mean, we we make our own bread now. But it's white bread. It's just white
3: bread. You just, you just crumble a warbutton's into the machine.
4: <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is um, when we make... The recipe <laughs> in the bread maker to make brown bread it's mainly white Sourd flour. <laughs> yes. It's uh, like <clears throat> you put like f- a 20% wholemeal in it.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Have you not tried sourdough?
4: I think the pizza bases are sourdough. I think. So <clears throat> I think we have something pints. in the fridge for six months. <laughs> Starter, it's like is it it overnight or something because we make the pizza bases a day before, I think. Right, and you leave it a day and it expands to like the like 10 times its size or something.
1: Well, you can make sourdough loaves. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I imagine you could just throw
4: that in the I'm sure it would taste nice. Yeah, is that I know it is leavened bread, that isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeasty. Mm. Uh, there, There is a lot of uh kind of virtue signaling around
4: bread and healthiness uh, oh, quite, quite healthy eating yeah, yeah we've had it's to so sit through a lot of that recently with you Ben
1: I've not noticed <laughs> this is this a millennial thing
3: or is it old people uh, uh, I think it's yeah it's certainly a new, a new thing like I never we never had like alternative milks when I was growing <laughs> up no, it's just maybe different. goats
4: lactose intolerance wasn't a thing was it growing no up? no you just did farts, so we're sick. <laughs> neither, <laughs> neither were peanut allergies. No, manufactured. Okay. Do you think peanut allergies
1: manufactured? I don't think they were. Oh, they right, were manufactured. Okay. People put out health advice saying that uh, peanuts—you shouldn't give peanuts to children. All oh, right, okay. And then it 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 it's, um, exacerbates the issue, and mm. so the number of people who are peanut nut with nut allergies went from one in 10,000 to, like, one in 100 over the last 40 years because, because of the way trained. we've changed. Yeah. yeah. We've made it fucking worse. You could, there's Some people who can't, you know, if, there's a, if they're on a plane and someone opens mm. a bag of peanuts, they fucking... That's a lot that of pounds, yeah. Well, we've made it worse. Give your kids peanuts for fuck's sake.
3: Oh, I see. <laughs> hey, right. do, you, okay. do you remember we mentioned this briefly on another episode, but there was that virus that makes you allergic to red meat. Oh, Yeah. What if the peanut allergy is a a virus that's just endemic in the population now? What if it's in the vaccine and that's how they're going to save the
1: climate?
4: Oh, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's (laughs) go back to the peanut things. I remember watching something about how to cure a peanut allergy and they were trialing. It was about 10 years ago, so they must have got somewhere with it. Um, And they gave people, it was with children, like a microscopic amount of peanut Mm. and gradually built it up to build up your tolerance to it. That's what we did We our kids. What, with
1: peanuts?
3: Yeah, just gave him start them off small, small amounts. I just gave him loads of peanuts. Yeah, it
1: was
4: was just
3: that. peanuts. Yeah, if if yeah. there were peanuts about, <laughs> yeah. she'd have a peanut probably. Yeah. I'm more worried about him choking on something.
4: Yeah, 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 the risk of choking. So you're kind of saying, like, what we've done is um, said, oh, no, you know, because you kind of get that when you've got a new baby think, oh, fuck, what if he has a peanut allergy? And not, just think, oh, right, well, I just won't give him any peanuts. That's what's happened, yeah. And then when you get older, why then would you be allergic to peanuts? There is a reason. No. It's Wait. probably
1: to do with your immunity being built up as a child. Yeah, right, okay. And once if that is denied.
4: Yes, you
1: wouldn't,
3: yeah, because, no. yeah. So imagine if what you kind. never went out in the sun for the well, first that, three years of your life. I was, was going to say, imagine
1: what the repercussions of this fucking first two quarters of 2020 are going to do for the young kids and the babies right. that were born there. Mm-hmm. We've not been exposed to the normal pathogens that maybe we have in time immemorial. You know, there could be all sorts of knock-on mm-hmm. effects. You know, ten, fifteen years down the line,
3: no one's looking bus seats anymore, chewing on the back of uh, train train seats and things. Yeah, oh. yeah.
4: My youngest has been plenty ill. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, you get
4: ill, and then you develop the tolerance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah.
1: your immune system being trained. Yeah, it's a good thing. They should, they, should, they, should, they should get the sniffles.
3: Is acquired immunity? No, innate immunity. I don't know. Acquired, acquired.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, spare a thought for struggling lingerie brand Victoria's Secret. Oh, no! Uh, yeah, yeah uh, a couple of days ago, they decided to uh, start a major rebranding campaign.
5: At the age she left. <coughs> oh god, that's. I'm getting ahead of myself. Victoria's Secret is getting rid of the angels. Victoria's Secret is getting rid of all the hot chicks. And they're making a conscious decision to trade the hot chicks for Megan Rapinoe, (laughs) that radical purple-haired lesbian soccer player. And they're going to do this as a major, massive marketing uh, turnaround. To give women what they really want. So, this is the headline, New York Times. Victoria's Secret swaps angels for what women want. Will they buy it? This shows you, speaking of self love and self obsession, this shows you how mistaken this modern ideology is. The embattled lingerie giant is attempting the most extreme brand turnaround in recent memory, an effort to redefine not just itself, but also the very idea of what sexy is.
1: So they've got rid of the traditional, what are they called? The Victoria's Angels or something? Yeah, I think they've so. got rid of them. And the first three, the uh, replacements he announced were Megan Rapinoe, the footballer. The Indian actress. Priyanka Chopra?
3: Yeah. Is it?
1: And I've got the name Valentina Sampao. I don't know who that is. She's the first transgender...
4: Oh, model. Victoria's Secret model. Um, now, I mean, the models were... They were getting a little bit skinny for my liking. Um so you know, I, I prefer a fuller figure. Mm. Yep. But you know, everyone's got their own tastes. Sexy has changed
3: as well over the over the decades. Over changed, changed a, huge, Over a millennia. Huge over yeah, over since time immemoria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't um, think it's changed it, as a result um, as a put of a push.
1: There's there's two like everything else, there's two components. There's there's biological components and societal components. There's a certain reason why women right. wear red blush.
4: Yeah,
1: and lipstick. And lipstick,
3: yeah.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of hourglass figure. Mm-hmm. Again, it's to do with childbirth. birthing
3: and hips, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's
1: a reason why, not all men, but the majority of men are attracted to a particular shape. Like you said, they're too skinny. Yes. Not a healthy. suitable mate.
4: <laughs> not healthy, are they? Yeah,
1: no, yeah. but... I know it's like we're being harsh, but it's wired.
3: It's hard wired into our biology. Yeah. But there is a societal mm. component as well. There, yeah. there will be a a section of society that does find those three people extremely sexually attractive, and they may or may not buy some lingerie. But I wouldn't uh, say that they are going to be the majority. majority are they going, majority of of lingerie
4: buyers? Are they going to wear the lingerie then? These. People presume so, yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Then the models maybe it's that bra
3: will look better on my wife, and therefore <laughs> I thought
4: I, I thought I'd read that they were just gonna like instead of doing, I must be getting this all mixed up in my head. I had in my head they like they were not they weren't gonna do the catwalk show anymore, right? And then these people were gonna come and do some right on speed
3: some poetry Speeches, yeah. battle poetry yeah well
1: this is where it gets interesting because Ra- Megan Rapinoe has been the queen of woke yeah she... for several years hasn't she she mm. refused to meet President Trump and all the rest of it mm. she uh took the knee during the US anthem before a football game all this kind of stuff and uh yeah then this happened
3: Woke
5: crusader and female soccer star Megan Rapinoe is facing a racism scandal. That's right. Now that we empower ideological hate mobs to ruin people's lives over 10-year-old tweets, Rapinoe's career is in the mud. Hey, you made the rules. In May 2011,
4: Rapinoe oh. tweeted, quote, You look Asian with those closed eyes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Early... <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, so someone's dug up a 10-year-old tweet. Do you know no what it mean? works. <laughs>
4: Um, has she has she said anything in response to this? It doesn't seem to be getting much traction in well, the. Major... it happened yesterday. This right, okay. Victoria's Secret announced it like three days ago. Yeah, <laughs> and almost
3: within twenty-four hours, it's almost as if someone's been waiting. There'll be there'll be whole teams of people, yeah, operating at that level. Way back, way back machine going through everyone's. Yeah. Tweets. Why though? Only because
1: who who started this? Going back and looking at old tweets and then cancelling people. Oh, well, yeah. Calling them out. It's like you said, Matt. They're eating themselves. mm mm-hmm. Because no one's fucking perfect and we all make mistakes. Yeah. And there's no route. <laughs> there's no <laughs> route to, what's the word? Redemption. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there? You're just done. That's it. Mm. You're done. Mm-hmm. You're cancelled. You know, maybe in a couple of years, well, it'll die down. If you're a,
4: if you're a Hindu and you come back next time, then you might be all right, right? But you'll be a lower caste. <laughs>
3: oh my god! None of us die anyway. We just go to a new planet that's probably being built right now. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Alpha yeah. Proxima. <laughs> I believe it's lovely this time of year. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, we can't travel there no? too much CO2.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I found it's interesting. I, I shall probably. Uh, this is this was, this was
4: always going to happen though, isn't it? I mean the, the the on both sides, nobody can ever say that they've never said something that they've or tweeted something that they, they've regretted or said something, you know. We're absolutely regretted. fucked. Even I if know. you delete
3: it, as well, exactly it's, it's they, still there. Somehow get it. Yeah, I'm I'm resigned to the fact that I can never be a famous TV pundit or anything. But this is the thing though,
4: isn't it? But everyone <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: everyone, everyone makes mistakes. Mm. Let He who's without sin cast the first stone. Absolutely. Do you at know the, what I mean? At the greenhouse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah.
1: yeah. something to keep an eye on. It's just it's sort of ironic, isn't it?
3: Culture wars. No yeah. one's a safe. Culture war jingle. No one is
1: yeah. safe from cancel culture. <gasps> Let's see if she comes out and does an apology or something. I don't know.
4: We could do. I just thought of a jingle. All right, go on. Two tribes go to war, and we could do that. Make that into a culture war. Mix it with Culture
3: Club. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Try, I'm to think of the. I thought. I trying to think of the lyrics, but
3: you're I'm revealing how the sausage is made.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, normally Phil just does it all on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a Sunday afternoon, sweating in here alone. Anyway, Richard Maidley is the gift that keeps on
1: giving. Mm. Yeah, he's been. Uh, G- he was on GMB. He was given his second week. I hope they keep him. This is just value for money. <laughs> and he yeah. was talking about Shamima Begum. Now, yeah. uh, most people listening here won't know who Shamima Begum is. Mm. Would anyone like to summarise?
3: She was an ISIS bride, I believe. She went over mm. to um, over there and Syria. married there.
4: Married um, an ISIS fighter. Yeah, who was from Holland, I believe. She was a minor. She was 15, wasn't she, when she went. There's um, some people claim that she has, like, a learning disability as well. Um, I've heard that. Um, And she got married to him, didn't she? And she, like, moved around or whatever with the caliphate. And then her husband was um, arrested. I think he's in, I want to say Syrian camp i thought he'd been killed no he's in a camp i think somewhere right. um a notorious camp and she's in some, somewhere else and she's had three children three babies sorry and they've all died um i think two with while well, she was part of the caliphate and then one in this current camp um and uh she's one basically the, the british government denied her citizenship didn't they so she was denied a trial here Mm-hmm. Um so basically she's not our this by saying she's not our problem because she has dual nationality with Bangladesh, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so they're saying it's Bangladesh's problem. Um so nobody's doing anything about it really. Um and she's currently trying to challenge her um re entry to the country, isn't she? Right. Yeah. And it's sort of a legal diplomatic mm. conundrum.
1: When someone, you know, can you renounce your citizenship in this way as a minor um it's a very complex Mm. um difficult subject there are moral implications uh implications as far as you know the power of the state and the reach of the state Mm -hmm. um very difficult subject to sort of tease apart and, try and trying to find first principles.
3: Oh, yeah, some of the be- greatest minds in the country uh, would be struggling around, around Maybe they should leave it to the
1: scientists in <laughs> the army. Absolutely. I'll see what Richard Madeley thinks.
3: <laughs> At the age she left, <clears throat> making a mistake is getting a tattoo that you regret or a one-night stand, but deliberately joining a terrorist organisation that loathes and hates the country you come from. And all the effort involved in getting there seems to tell a clear story to me. We've had lots and lots of messages like that. There's one interesting and you know, I was thinking about this last night. Obviously, we have the Nuremberg trials. He's pinging his glasses. <laughs> He's going, hmm. We thinking about this last night. <laughs> Nuremberg trials. Oh. It was after the war, and we hanged quite, quite a few Nazis and we imprisoned a lot of others, and we let them out eventually. But we didn't go after the Hitler Youth, as far as I'm aware. We didn't go after the Hitler Youth. We only went after adults um, who'd served in the Hitler regime, and that's just something to reflect on, I think.
1: Yeah, why didn't we hang all the kids?
4: Then? <laughs> well Maybe it's because the, the scientists in the catch. army are in charge.
3: <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> I I honestly I don't know what what kind of what he's trying to say there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, yeah. Do you think when he uh, starts flicking his glasses like that and, and he goes off scripts, everyone in the in the in the producer the den root. like they're going, "Oh my god, he's <laughs> doing it! Cut, cut, cut!" Yeah, the gallery's just going yeah. fucking nuts, isn't it?
1: Susan, <laughs> mm. Susan, quick! Weather, weather. weather.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, speaking of uh, news and topical news on TV, we had the launch of GB News last Sunday. Oh, <laughs> oh
4: man. <laughs>
3: Um, what do we think? Have we watched any of I it? Watched I've, any. I've watched a bit of it. Every time I flicked over, there has been some issue. So like no sound or like the script seems to have self-immolated and no one knows what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's, which is, you know, I I almost feel sorry for them. The, the production quality is really bad. I thought there was a lot of money invested in this channel.
1: It's not gone into the engineers.
3: It's it's uh, it's almost a shame because the there probably is there's certainly there should be a right to have a differing view to the mainstream, whatever, and, and the the foundation of that is sound, I think. I think we'd oh, yeah. agree that the foundation is sound. Yes. But the execution is <laughs> awful. Atrocious, yeah. There's definitely a place for, I mean, the people who they've got, I mean, they're
1: not, they're not like angel Andrew, Andrew Neil has Andrew been yeah. on the BBC for fucking donkey's years. Yeah. Mm. He's not some swivel-eyed loon, is he? <laughs> you know? Not like and, the
3: lads, 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 happy birthday, Hugh Janus. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: I think they've got some good people on. And I watched the intro, you know, he did at eight o'clock last Sunday, Andrew Neil. Right. It was broadcast on YouTube. And after we'd finished recording this, I went and watched it and thought, Fuck hell, the audio is terrible. Oh, right, okay. It's really. It's like they've just stuck a mic in the middle of the room. It's got wearing a lapel mic, and it's like they forgot to switch it on. There's it's, delay on the video.
3: The the the, the uh, framing is really odd when the when they've got outside broadcasts.
4: Are yeah. they? Is it like, Is it on on telly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> channel two six two maybe two three
3: right. six on mine.
4: Right,
3: It's in the news hole. I think it'll it'll survive.
1: It wants to get through these teething problems. There's definitely a market for people who want to hear something other than ITV and BBC or Channel Four. Well,
3: you got mm. RT and Al Jazeera, like yeah. n- either side of GB News, and th- their production values look ace compared to GB News.
1: It's an interesting where all the advertisers started bailing on them, weren't it this week? Yeah. They've A lot of them have rescinded that, haven't they? Yeah, the right but, rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simon McCoy is one of the big um, anchors who they got from, was he on ITV? No, BBC, I think, wasn't he? Simon Simon McCoy. McCoy. And he's bringing back the good news stories. Oh, God. Where they finish on a good good news story. And finally. Yeah. Yeah. Got one for you here.
3: Now, this is a story which comes in the good... It's in the good news section, but I warn you, you may not find it... Well, let me go with this. A a good news story for one cat, but perhaps not so good for another. Because a family was shocked when the cat they believed they had cremated returned home as if nothing had happened a couple of days later. Uh, Frankie is a 16-year-old tabby. He failed to return home. This was in Warrington last month, so his family launched a search for him. Now, a few days later, a dead cat was spotted on the M6 motorway that looked similar. Highways England were able to retrieve the animal and gave it to the family to be cremated. Much to the surprise of the family,
1: Frankie returned home a few days later. And when Frankie reappeared, their son Remy, who's just
3: seven, said... It's a miracle.
0: Amazing. <laughs> I've got a tabby cat. I've always had tabby cats. She's I've got a tabby cat. <laughs> Look, I, wrote, I, wrote,
3: I wrote that several hours ago and it's made me laugh every again. <laughs>
0: I still a tabby cat and I just keep thinking, uh, like, oh no, what, what about the one that was on the motorway? Exactly.
3: And we mustn't forget the <laughs>
4: cat that was on the M6.
0: Cold-hearted man.
4: It's a miracle. <laughs> Good story. Yeah, enjoyed that. They cremated the wrong cat. Oh, fuck. I hope he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had been hammered on the M6. <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh, it was okay. just, like, obliterated or something. <laughs> yeah. So good. Who spotted a tabby cat on the M6? <laughs> the oh, yeah. dead tabby cat. Yeah,
1: uh, did they, I presume they had to shut the motorway then, or shut a lane to... Uh, well, normally it's, like,
4: booted off into the uh, hard shoulder, isn't it? Retrieve the carcass. Yeah,
3: so they, they have people who patrol the motorways. Don't even pick up
4: food, dead cats. They? <laughs> yeah. Great job!
3: What was <laughs> I watching. <laughs>
4: I'm sure there is a show about it. There was well, I was watching something um, recently, and hmm. it was about someone who who drove on A roads mainly and picked up dead, uh, like uh, roadkill, taxidermist for, for food, uh, and uh, yeah, net them like ah. fe- mainly pheasants. And stuff, but like one—I don't know—they one got something awful. Like I don't a know badger. If it's fresh. I would. It's, well, they we got it and went. And felt. Oh, that's probably been dead about nine hours. That'll be all right. If I if I hit a pheasant, yeah,
3: I'm, mm, and I was in that
4: frame of mind. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I might consider like taking a psychopathic
4: frame of mind. You would. I. I I, about, might,
3: I might consider
4: it. What about a deer? definitely this uh, expensive yeah um, what else a badger I don't think you can eat badger well would you eat it I mean you could eat anything you eat you? cook
1: it yeah as long as it's like over 180 They're degrees full of
4: prions um, no, that's
3: what about a duck <laughs> a duck a duck no Wanna eat a duck no because I can get a duck from a supermarket well, I can get a pheasant from a supermarket I guess. yeah exactly yeah I don't know Maybe I wouldn't. So it would be a passing thought. What about a vagrant? Yeah, I killed a magpie once. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't that. Yeah. Did you kill him on a, a motorbike as well? My shoulder was just all purple for really a while. Yeah. <coughs>
4: what else could you? Would you eat <coughs> a squirrel? No,
3: I, I would eat all these things if someone said, "Oh, I've prepared this strange squirrel meat kebab." <laughs> squirrel. I remember
4: watching something on Channel Four with Aaron Ramsey. Um, Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> and um, he he made squirrel. Yeah, so it was like going to be the the next big thing, because like you know because it was grey squirrel and he wanted to call cool them, um, and also you know it, it was a, an alternative source to cow fart stuff. You know what I
3: think the next big thing should be. It's you cool. know you can get like all these like vegan vegetarian bacon vegetarian burgers that bleed so they're, they're trying to make vegetables like meat or no, non-meat meat products i want to see like broccoli made from mince <laughs> so you have like a you veg- mean
1: mince made from broccoli
3: no i mean vegetables made from meat Yeah, that's so right. that you have bacon <laughs> the, have yin bacon to the yang. made from no meat yeah you yeah. need the, you need the opposing yeah
4: thing would you not eat a, like a pork carrot? <laughs> i've Unfortunately, recently, on a number of occasions, I've accidentally booked, vegan. um low salt bacon. And that almost tastes Ooh. like vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Really? It's, it's awful, yeah. Oh, dear. I had a fry up today. Did you? Because it was Father's Day. Do you get it in bed? That was last <laughs> night. <laughs> Why do no you just be vulgar? <laughs> no, but we don't do that.
1: No, I was up. There. I took the dog out early this morning. Yeah. And no, it's dinner time. Fry up. Four sausages, oh. four four rashes of bacon, one egg, black pudding, beans. Toast? I
4: don't, no, and no, you no have, I'm low carb. <laughs> <laughs> what did Ezekiel you <laughs> bread. What did you have for your tea at mum's then? Sausage. <laughs> you didn't, oh. did
0: you?
1: Pork pie, sausage roll. Meat fiesta. and salad.
4: Was it a, was it a, was it a beige, beige buffet? <laughs> it's a beige oh. buffet, yeah.
3: Beige buffets are my favourite Yeah
4: they just uh, They kill you though Yeah white bread Triangle white bread sandwiches Make you sleepy what? The only, only thing you get The beige buffets like, Have you ever had the, like, the weird Coleslaw and cheese sandwiches What are they about? Nonsense. Oh, never had f- had that, they're
3: a vegetarian probably. option mm-hmm. yeah.
4: you're, uh, you're vegan Fucking vegan, Back Back and vegan. vegan. Like, I've been got coming With <sighs> the
0: fact that I am
1: Fucking vegan
4: Right Did you really have Another sausage for tea?
1: I had another three, fuck's sake. Only ten. It's
3: wild. Oh, we finish it? I need a
4: person. <laughs> and am a mother of uh, n- n- Not quite yet, no. I'm not right, well... No, very okay. soon. Ben, I think this is the best one. Just oh, hold it in. God. Oh, God. Yeah, can's back on. Are you a man or uh, a mouse? Uh, Tiny mouse, Bloody! <laughs> I'm a man with a mouse,
1: buddy. <laughs> oh. Um Um. <laughs> you know, after Bojo's announcement of the lockdown extension, this is really hurting things like live music... Um hospitality theaters they did an outdoor broadcast interviewing a theater worker in Hull mm-hmm. um whose theater is obviously not going to be opening now for another at least another four weeks mm-hmm. and uh, they did the outdoor broadcast and I believe Andrew Shatkin was in the background huh.
4: so I work at the theater and I was to oT but now I'm working at the uh should see all open with a vaccine. I've had a couple of shows on at the theater still social distancing, so at the moment, we're still waiting to see what Boris says today.
0: And how would you feel if he
4: said it was another month that we have to wait? Well, disappointed, obviously, because we need to make sure to come back, so it's got from there, really. And do you feel that it's a
0: step too far,
4: or...? I don't know what to believe at the moment, to be honest with you, with all these variants, it's just getting too confusing. <laughs> Um, just want to get back to normality, like everybody else. There's a last bit. So, that's about top and bottom, of it, really. That big boom mic, picking up everything. Holy shit,
3: that's awful. You've not edited that in any way. That's Absolutely that not, not,
4: no. So, I like it the theater Aww. now. I like it the theater <laughs> now. I like it the theater oh. now. Can I press it? I like it the theater <laughs> now. <laughs> Ooh, shit. Oh, shit. It's not. I like work like at like like the theatre now. Yeah, That's disgusting. That's terrible. The danger of live broadcasting. <laughs> Capital of culture? What year? Hull, two
0: thousand seventeen. Don't know.
4: Right, let's fuck off into the night. Right, let's go before Ben Bye-bye. explodes in urine. Yeah, I never sucked any ding
1: dongs. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Um, oh god, I've forgotten who's on next week. We Let's have a look
4: again.
3: No, it's. Oh. We'll find you know. out. We will find out.
4: Yeah, we'll find out next week. Come back. next uh, <laughs> Sunday, eight p.m. we see. I work at the theatre
3: now. Gonna find out who's on next week. Yeah. And if you work for GB News, please get in contact with us so we can tell you how to sort your audio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Phil, do it. It's not really not difficult, but, you know, from what I gather... He
3: don't give a fuck. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Epstein didn't kill himself. Praise Chavelin. Kind of forever.
5: People are revolting.